Before understanding, there was knowledge. Before knowledge, there was longing. Before longing, there was existence. And before existence, there was matter. Fire. Water. Air. Earth. Immeasurable amounts, fighting without anger, dancing without movement, compacted in a timeless endeavor. For before anything, there was nothing, because everything was one. The great creator changed this in one simple but effective gesture. Matter, now separated by space and time, flowed freely and without judgment. On a small rock at the edge of the cosmos, water brushed back and forth upon a sandy shore. For an eternity it swayed, aimlessly and without motive. One day, Something happened that never happened before. Fingers breached the surface from unknowable depths and onto the sand, clawing and scraping ungraciously, was a man, a cold, flustered, naked man. On the shore was where the man lived between the water and the forest. He needed only what the world offered, food, water, and shelter. From the trees grew fruit, which he ate. From the sky poured rain, which he drank. And under the canopy in the darkness of night, he slept. This man knew not where he came from and had no recollection of how long he had been here. He only knew one thing. His name was Primordius. Primordius spent each day and night on the shore, basking in the sun and gazing at the stars. He did not understand the purpose of his life on Earth, but in time he began to wonder. Primordius never left the safety of the shore, not once, and he started to realize why. Beyond the sand and into the trees was unknown territory, territory which held unknowable danger, danger which could undoubtedly end his life. Primordius didn't understand why he clung so desperately to his seemingly meaningless existence why the thought of an abrupt end shook him so violently to his core. Fear became the dominant force which ruled his thoughts. But from this fear, a new emotion was born. Longing. At first a small seed, this new sense asked questions. Is this all? Is there more? Where can I find it? How can I get there? As time passed, the small seed grew. Primordius longed for answers, longed 
for knowledge, longed for purpose. Now blossomed into a fully flourishing idea, longing took precedent over fear, and Primordius knew what must be done. He could no longer stay on the sandy shore. He had to leave and enter the dark forest. Terrified of his unknown fate, Primordius stepped past the first tree and disappeared into the foliage. Surrounded by a completely new world of color and light, Primordius was fascinated by the things he saw. New and unusual birds flew overhead, while animals which he had never seen before moved swiftly among the trees. Primordius couldn't believe the variety of life forms that inhabited this place. Plants and vegetation of different shapes, colors, and sizes. Animals which flew, hung, and walked on four legs, two legs, or sometimes no legs at all. This world which he believed to be empty and meaningless was actually full of life and thriving. His eyes were now open and he could see what the world really was. Night fell and darkness soon consumed everything. Strange noises echoed through the forest and fear re-entered Primordius's mind. The unknown threats and hidden dangers were masked further by night, and Primordius did not know what to do. He trekked deeper and deeper into the wilderness, as fear gripped him with a clenched fist. The noises grew louder, and Primordius could feel death inching closer with each passing moment. Now certain that his venture into the wild was a terrible idea, all the invisible commotion around him slowly faded into silence. Electrifying panic struck Primordius with immense power as he bolted forward with a newfound but desperate strength. He ran and ran and felt death breathing heavily behind. With darkness surrounding, Primordius was unable to see anything that lie ahead. He kept running, positive that this was the end, positive that a violent and painful conclusion to his life was imminent. Just as Primordius thought it was about to be over, his foot caught the root of a tree and his body flung forward before crashing down and slamming his head on the cold, hard ground. Awoken suddenly and startled by what was happening, Primordius found himself alone in the early morning light. He felt the ground beneath him. It was hard and flat, unlike the soft ground in the forest. Stone made up the space in which Primordius lay. He got up and looked back at where the forest ended and the stone surface began. He looked forward and saw something he never could have conceived even in his wildest thoughts. A massive stone structure which was wide at the bottom and rose upward to a pointed top where its four corners met. 
Large steps ascended this fascinating structure, and Primordius, without even thinking about it, began walking up. On the steps carved into the stone were depictions of animals, some of which he had seen in the forest, some of which he had not. Gruesome beasts with sharp claws and teeth graced the depictions carved into these steps, beasts which reminded Primordius of the fear struck into him from the night before. Near the top of the structure, where the stairs ended, was a tall passage leading inside. The light of dawn shone into this tunnel, revealing to Primordius its lengthy interior. On the walls were more carvings, not only portraying the likeness of animals, but also people. Primordius was frozen in place at the sight of another human being, unable to fathom what life would be like shared with others. It suddenly became clear that this unnatural monument was put here by people and that these images gave a glimpse into their lives on Earth. The first carving showed people one by one, then in small groups, and finally all together. They wore garments which covered their bodies. They danced in circular formations under the sun and moon. One tall portrait, which stood the length of floor to ceiling, presented a man and a woman. Primordius had never seen a woman before, but knew in his heart the moment he saw her that she was beautiful and sacred. Her face held an expression which he did not understand, an expression of great significance but of unknown origin. It made Primordius feel uneasy and frightened of whatever was to come. Just past this tall portrait were more human figures, but these were different. Although they had the bodies of men, they also had the heads of various animals, birds, deer, monkeys, and serpents. These beast-like beings played capture to the other humans, trapping them in small boxes, killing them with weapons, and devouring them piece by piece with their sharp claws and vicious fangs. The horror on the faces of these helpless people was strong enough to make Primordius cry, something he had never done before. The tunnel ended and opened up into a circular chamber in the middle of the structure. In the ceiling was an opening, which shone a single ray of light. As Primordius stepped in, the light tilted straight down into the center of the room, where stood a short pillar, perfect in height and position. Atop this pillar was a clear, fist-sized gem, a flawless prism which held no imperfections that when the light shone onto it, illuminated the room so that everything could be seen clearly. Primordius was exposed to a flood of images adorning the walls of this room. Overwhelmed by the barrage of impressions, he stood aghast at the cascade of information entering his mind. Although it was much to comprehend, he understood that these depictions portrayed all elements of human life. Love, strength, sacrifice, 
sorrow, pride, hate, faith, and death. In that moment, it became clear that life had much to offer, that a life lived was a life fulfilled. Primordius had been enlightened to a point beyond return as he walked to the entrance of the tunnel above the steps. He looked out at the world before him and saw an infinite land of possibilities. He looked down at his naked body and felt cold, exposed, and ashamed. He looked at the path from which he came and saw the sandy shore where the forest met the ocean. Primordius knew two things. First, that he could go back and live safely where he once did. And second, that he must not. He had learned too much, and now he understood. Going backward was not an option, and even though the path ahead would lead to certain death, he must move forward. Primordius walked down the steps to the bottom of the structure. He covered himself with the leaf of a fig tree and walked slowly into the forest. Vita Post Vitam. <laughs>